Bulletproof Radio, a state of high performance. You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. Everyone's talking about red light therapy beds and for good reason. There's a company called ARRC LED that's building an entirely new class of LED devices. ARRC LED beds integrate proprietary scanning technology and frequency protocols to shape the delivery of six different wavelengths in dose-optimized photobiomodulation. Yes, that's a lot of words. What it is, though, is that photobiomodulation improves the underlying energetics of the cells in your body. And those changes can benefit nearly every tissue and organ and system in your body. You change your cells and you change your life. For more information, visit ARRCLED.com. What if there was a way to feel younger for longer? Well, there is. Your body needs something called the NAD plus molecule to help you age well. When you're young, your body makes a lot of NAD plus, and that helps you make energy. It helps you keep your DNA healthy, absorb nutrients well, and it protects your cells from stress. But once you hit about 30, your NAD plus levels start to drop. The good news is that longevity scientists have found some things that can help, like niacin, niacinamide, and niagen. They help your body make more NAD plus even as you age. All three of these are in an amazing formula called Qualia NAD+. Check out Qualia NAD+, risk-free, for up to 100 days at neurohacker.com slash Dave15 to save an extra 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash Dave15, Qualia NAD+. It's what I use. Today's cool fact of the day is one that almost no one knows about. It's that the longest hangover on record is four weeks, which was set by, you would have guessed this, right, by a Scottish man. And this is not a joke. He drank 60 pints of beer over four days. And he did not have the scientific knowledge that the bubblier the drink, the worse the hangover, because the gas causes your pyloric valve to open and alcohol moves more quickly into your small intestine and bloodstream. And the Scottish man's doctor confirmed this diagnosis, and, well, he probably got what was coming to him, but it is kind of a funny fact of the day. What if there was a way to level up your energy, get rid of stress, and take more control of your body? Welcome to Quantum Upgrade. This is a new technology that taps into quantum energy to help you feel amazing. Quantum Upgrade has a lot of different products that help protect you from EMF and help activate your body's natural healing abilities. You can expect better sleep, more resilience, less stress, and better blood flow. The cool thing about Quantum Upgrade is that the products are backed by a lot of heavy-duty scientific studies, and there's a new measurable upgrade. You can now use Quantum Upgrade to increase your consciousness levels between 1,400 and 2,200 on the Hawkins map of consciousness. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io slash Dave for a seven-day free trial. Today's guest is Harsha Chigurupati. And I think I said his last name exactly perfectly, but I'm not entirely sure because, well, that last T is a soft T, and, well, saying a soft T isn't that natural for me because I always want to say th. But I did my best. Harsha, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dave. You did a pretty good job with the last name. And great segue from the product onto the topic of alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) I'm happy to help. Uh, Harsha's on today because he's a pharmaceutical technology entrepreneur. 
And he's running a research company called, funny enough, to Guru Pati Technologies. And his company's, like, this is a big, broad goal, aiding the evolution of mankind. And the way he's doing that, though, is after eight years of research, he's making a new category of alcoholic beverages called functional spirits. And he's come up with a game-changing liver-friendly alcohol using a molecule called NTX. Um, the definition of biohacking is changing the environment around you in, and inside of you so you have control of your own biology. That lets you do whatever you want to do. In this case, you wanted to drink something. You didn't want it to make you age more quickly, get more cancer, and basically trash your body. Well, maybe hacking the alcohol is the way to do it. So that's going to be a fascinating episode. We're going to delve into what alcohol actually does and what you can do about it and then how you can take control of your alcohol before it takes control of you. How's that for a tagline? That's great, actually. And uh, let, let me tell you, it's not very often uh, somebody shares my thought of changing the environment around you as per what you see fit or as per your requirements versus adapting to the environment itself. But, you know, that's exactly what Sugar Party Technologies does. Uh, the goal is to aid in the evolution of mankind. And uh, we do that basically by focusing on R&D and coming up with technologies that essentially let you do whatever you want to do uh, without having to pay for it. So it's like having your cake and eating it too. And that's the technology we work on. Well, I'm, uh, I'm a fan of, of mounting lasers on my forehead. I haven't quite got that yet, but I'm going to do it. All right. Just One kidding. day. We'll get there someday. Actually, I'm not even a fan of that, to be perfectly honest. There's already lasers in my forehead. They're called mitochondria. They just don't <laughs> shine that brightly except when I do certain things to them. Fair enough. So what of all the things you could have done, what made you go after NTX? Like, like what, what is this stuff? Okay. Um, do you drink alcohol, Dave? On very rare occasions, I, I find alcohol is not a performance-enhancing substance. So okay. if I do, I have a whole infographic uh, people can download where I talk about this alcohol has, has the least mitochondrial toxins in it, the least hangover effect, the most. So I tend to do vodka or lately dry farm wines. Uh, by the way, bulletproofexec.com slash wine has a cool, a cool thing, one penny for a bottle of mycotoxin-free wine. But for the most part... If the wine's older than me, I'll take the hit. Otherwise, I don't really want to. That's kind of the general answer there. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. All right. Let's go back to why we decided to focus on alcohol as one of our first major projects. Um, listen, nobody in the history of this planet, I can tell you, woke up one day and said, you know what? I feel like ruining my liver today. Let me go grab a drink. We all know we drink alcohol at the end of the day because of the positive attributes of it, which usually ends up being the relaxation factor or the buzz factor. Like to get laid. Is that, that, is that what I heard you say? That's an extension. That's not what I said. I said it could be an extension <laughs> of that. <laughs> but the buzz factor, despite what you may say about, you know, the taste, classy drinking, whatever it is, it's really the buzz factor, the relaxation sure. factor. It, it's that's a drug, what we do. right? Of it's course. a fun that, that's, recreational That's usually substance. what it is. Let's call it yeah. for what it is. Yeah. But, you know, we don't drink alcohol because we want to essentially mutilate our DNA or stress out our liver. These, unfortunately, were, um, by, you know, these unfortunately were byproducts of enjoying the alcohol. And we thought for the last 10,000 years that it's just something we had to accept. So the key came down to, I want to be able to enjoy my alcohol without affecting my liver. So, you know, why not go after it? This is 
possibly the most unevolved product in the entire world. Like I said, there's been no change for over 10,000 years. It's just right for the picking going after this. It, it is indeed. I, I, I mean, I, I've, I've looked at alcohol for a long time and I'm like, you know what? I, I hit this point in college where I realized my favorite Friday night was a triple espresso and a six pack of whatever was cheap. Uh, versus just a six-pack or whatever was cheap because it just made me want to go to sleep. And, and then I, I realized at a certain point that a triple shot of espresso actually made me happier <laughs> than a six-pack anyway. <laughs> uh, but that's bad for your sleep, too. So like they're both some of nature's oldest recreational substances right. uh, along with, with uh, tobacco. Right? right, like Those are the big three, and, and maybe ayahuasca is the other one if you want to go back to like ancient history. Uh, so yeah, it's probably right for the picking, I'd say. All right, fair enough. Um, so, I mean, let's get into what NTX is. Uh, yeah. Long story short, NTX is a technology that essentially lets you enjoy alcohol without hurting your body. Now, now I'm, I'm going to challenge you on that one because alcohol does lots of bad stuff to the body. Okay, so that... you know what? Fair enough. It's <laughs> the concept. Okay, the concept of functional spirits was such. Obviously, NTX is not completely bulletproof. But it does reduce it significantly, and you know, we'll go into some of the data as we move forward. I, I'm all over harm reduction, and uh, I, it, let's face it, people are going to drink. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think even with NTX, drinking is probably going to be the healthiest possible thing you could possibly do. Uh, my guess is that sitting in an ashram fasting might be healthier than drinking. But let's face it, you're not going to do it. It's Friday night and you're out with friends, right? Like, so <laughs> it, it's okay to drink uh, when you're going to do it. Just know what you're doing and, and do it intelligently, right? So I believe you've got some cool stuff there. So tell me what it, what's in it and what does it do? All right. So basically, uh, NTX, it is a blend of uh, three ingredients, uh, glycerizic acid, which is uh, essentially uh, extract from uh, the licorice root. Then there's mannitol and potassium sorbate. Now, these are ingredients that are not really uh, known, at least three of these ingredients together to protect the liver. Yes, there's some data about licorice extract, etc. But when you, after, of course, like you said, it's eight years of testing. What we've uh, realized is after oof, dozens and dozens of uh, clinical trials, we've essentially been able to mix and match these three ingredients in certain proportions that actually helps it act synergistically together to protect the liver. So, so the potassium sorbate isn't a preservative. It's actually part of the effect on the liver. It, it actually is a part of it. If you take, okay. uh, a lot of people think uh, it's just the first two ingredients, mannitol and glycerizic acid, but no. Potassium sorbate is actually a very important piece to the whole component. And now, what normally happens when you drink alcohol in, in the liver is it depletes glutathione. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the things I recommend is I make a glutathione thing. I'm like, look, if you're going to be drinking, maybe propping up glutathione before and after is just a good idea. And don't take Tylenol at the same time because that's a stupid idea. Right. <laughs> so it's just basic stuff like that can, can sort of help you not have a bad liver. But are you going beyond the glutathione effects? Are you looking at acetaldehyde? Like what's really going on in there? Okay. Now, you, just because you brought up Tylenol, let's keep that discussion for later because there's okay. a whole story behind that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so let me focus on uh, alcohol, how it basically works on the system and what NTX yeah. does. So as you had said, one of the uh, issues is when alcohol is metabolized because of the free radical generator, it depletes the glutathione. Uh, so... I'm taking a step back again. 
uh, it's not really alcohol, alcohol that's really bad for the body. It's yeah. the metabolism of alcohol. Like you said, alcohol becomes acetaldehyde. Then essentially it's metabolized into acetate, carbon dioxide, etc. During this process, uh, you know, just like any chemical reactions, unwanted byproducts. And here, during the initial stages, the byproducts happen to be free radicals. Yeah. A lot of free radicals are generated, and uh, as you and your viewers, sorry, as you and people listening would know, uh, free radicals, what they basically do is very unstable uh, molecules. They go, they steal electrons wherever they can find, but in the process, they end up making uh, the molecules they steal the electrons from unstable. And what happens is when the cell walls become unstable, the cell walls die, cytoplasm leaks out, causes cell death. That, on a massive level on the liver, is really why alcohol is bad for the liver. Now, NTX has three main therapeutic uh, activities that actually reduce the harm caused by alcohol metabolism on the liver. Uh, NTX has certain uh, antioxidative properties. So what that essentially does is let's picturize free radicals as soldiers that are going to go and uh, damage the liver cells. So the antioxidants basically neutralize some of those free radicals from attacking the liver. So the first part is there's some protection going on. Then we've also seen that NTX has certain anti-inflammatory as well as immunomodulative properties. And what that basically does is it actually helps the liver. Well, we know the liver is the only organ that regenerates itself. It actually helps the liver regenerate even quicker than it would on its own. So using these three uh, therapeutic activities, we've seen in uh, clinical trials that were done uh, in, you know, all over the, the world, actually in India, in the U.S., etc., that overall there was a protection of over 93% on the liver when you compared people drinking just a vodka versus a vodka made with NTX. Now, how are you measuring harm reduction in the liver? Like, what's the metric for that? Yeah, so what basically happens is um, when uh, you go to your doctor and he gives you, you know, LFTs, which is your liver function test, what he basically is looking for is, you know, they take your blood and they essentially are looking for certain enzymes and the levels of those enzymes in the bloodstream. Uh, when okay. you're when your liver is under stress because basically the cells break out, these enzymes leak out into the bloodstream. Mm -hmm. So the higher the level of enzymes, the more under stress your liver is. And of course, we all, uh, your doctors and scientists have basically uh, told us that what the base level is when your liver is not under stress. So you look at certain enzymes like ALT, AST, GGT, ALKP, just different enzymes. And when you look at the levels in the bloodstream, an elevated liver means, uh, sorry, an elevated enzyme means liver being uh, under more stress. Okay, so it's liver enzyme testing, got it. So That's the I, main base. I, I believe that. Okay, so, so when you say vodka made with NTX, do you distill the vodka, then you pour in some NTX, and that's um, how it works? Yeah, that's basically what it is. Okay. Uh, we, the manufacturing process until the end ends up being the same. Now, this is made for all spirits that go from 35 to 55% alcohol by volume because the way uh, and the strength they metabolize with uh, versus something like beer, wine, is uh, a little different. So we basically, after manufacturing, we add it uh, in the final mixing stage in the quality, uh, quality quantity that uh, we're supposed to do it at, and essentially we end up filling the bottles. Why don't you just put it in a capsule and take it? 
Well, the way we've developed NTX is uh, we developed it specifically keeping a few limitations into account. Uh, one of them is, um, well, first of all, let me put it this way. If you take a pill, there's a very good chance that you won't get the most optimized uh, yeah. effect there is. Because some of these, first of all, when you take a pill, uh, the timing of taking the pill versus NTX differentiates significantly. And when you do that, the chances of misuse also increase. People suddenly think, oh, they can take five, six pills just and that their liver is completely bulletproof and then they can drink all the alcohol they wanted. What we wanted basically was an optimized dosage, which is consumed along with alcohol itself. And that way, for example, we're talking about antioxidant properties. When the liver, when the alcohol is being metabolized right now and the antioxidant properties of NTX enter right away, neutralizing it, things along those nature uh, make this more effective, which is why the timing is extremely important, which is why it's always better if it's manufactured with the alcohol itself. I hear you there. It makes good sense. So you're dealing with the aldehyde spike or not? Like, are, are you seeing, do you measure acetaldehyde formation? Because this causes advanced glycation in products in, throughout the body when you drink alcohol. That, that's one of the reasons I was a little skeptical. So you've got less harm in the liver, but are you essentially aging tissues throughout the body when you drink still? Or are you dealing with that effect as well? Well, the thing is, the sad part is we know acetaldehyde is a carcinogen, but at the same time, it is also what causes the buzz factor. <laughs> that we drink alcohol well, for. It's part of it, right? Because there's a GABA B receptor thing. That's well, there's a on. significant portion of it. And the thing is, at least we aren't, I mean, we haven't really hit a level of sophistication where we can play around with it uh, without affecting the bus factor. So, so if you reduce the aldehyde spike that does cause tissue aging, but not liver harm now. Exactly. Um, then people don't enjoy it as much. Yeah, I mean, and, NT, and NTX was, while we did focus on the liver as the end product, NTX has overall protective properties, but really uh, it depends on which tissues we're talking about, which part of the body we're talking about okay. to see what the protection actually is. So, I mean, for example, to take it further, we've always focused on the liver as is, but uh, in our attempt to show, a lot of people essentially react by saying, oh, my liver... Uh, uh, will only be hurt 10 years down the line if I drink too much. You know what? Drinking alcohol is fine now. We were trying to educate them, showing that, listen, within 15 minutes of drinking alcohol, your liver is under stress. Yes, it may not yeah. be damaged because, you know, when, if you're looking at actual enzymes, elevated enzymes in the bloodstream, then, you know, it's already damaged. So we, had, we tried to look at different measurements. And what we came up with was an, uh, a method to not only measure the oxidative stress levels 10-15 minutes after drinking, but also a way to show for DNA damage. And we were also able to show protective effects of NTX 15 minutes to cool. two hours after drinking alcohol. So it, if you're preventing the DNA damage, that, that is real value. And see, DNA damage isn't a hormetic stress. And, and a hormetic stressor for people listening, hormesis is the idea that what doesn't kill me makes me stronger. And and some types of things, like liver stress, is actually hormetic. Like an alcoholic who drinks all the time, they've trained their liver, even though they're still causing harm, they've trained their liver to be able to, to handle more toxin. Uh, they can drink you know, a quart of vodka that would put me under, and, and they can handle it. But the DNA damage that happens isn't a, a beneficial hormetic stress. It's actually just bad for you. It's the same kind of stress that's caused by mycotoxins uh, that also oftentimes ride along, especially in undistilled alcohols like beer or, or a lot of wines. Uh, so 
uh, th- that perspective that was pretty cool. I mean, just adding to it, uh, uh, don't, don't ask me why we were the first people in the world to know this. Uh, I actually was hoping there was more research already done, but sadly there isn't. Uh, the uh, Until last year, the, sh- the shortest term study that was done happened to be one that was done in Spain, and they measured uh, the DNA damage after a weekend of drinking and showed that was significant, and that was a big deal at that point. We took it to the next level, again, because we are trying to show the real impact of alcohol, mm-hmm. and we actually showed that two hours after drinking, the DNA damage could increase as much as 300%. Very interesting. And this was your research? This is all our research that we did. So when people say, oh, I drink alcohol because it's good for me, oh. <laughs> Well, I, first of all, I don't know who says I drink alcohol because it's oh, good for me. Oh, lots of people say it's going to stop Alzheimer's. You get all these, like, so, some of the, the the less evolved paleo guys. Oh, yeah, I drink a lot of red wine every day. And you you it's know like, whatever. what? I understand there's a lot of research around it. This is what I tell everybody I come across. I say, listen, if you don't drink alcohol, don't start. But if you are drinking alcohol, yeah, it's stupid to not drink anything but alcohol made with NTX because, you know, it's a functional spirit. That's what I tell people. Don't start drinking, think it's better for you. But yeah. because you drink it anyway, find a safer way to drink it. Uh, we're, we're in agreement. And the, the last interview I had with the guys from uh, Dry Farm Wines, same thing. He's like, look, microdosing is, is, is a, way to, a way to do this. And so, yeah, it, it's okay to do things that are fun and pleasurable that aren't good for you. Right? It just don't do things that are super bad for you that are just as pleasurable as things that are only a little bit bad for you. Like, that's just common sense. It, it, and we it, don't it. teach that common sense uh, in, in school. And certainly when I was going to UC Santa Barbara, which was voted like one of the best party schools on the West Coast, um, I, I don't even remember half what I did there because I was drunk. But apparently I had fun. I, <laughs> so. But welcome to the club, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> the whole idea of liver-friendly alcohol started uh, junior year of college. I was about to ask you that. Like, like, what made, like, like how did you come up with this idea specifically? Um, so I was actually a very, very late bloomer. I, I had my first alcohol beverage uh, when I was 20 years old. Um, they you know, drank it, um, well, enjoyed it, and it just so happened that uh, I started drinking when I was taking a, a couple of classes in pharmacology, and <laughs> we were learning about neurotransmitters and uh, uh, you know, pharmacology of uh, neurons, and basically... The first thing that came to my mind was, okay, I know there's definitely a way to mimic the effects of alcohol on the brain. Now, it may not be alcohol, but you can mimic it with certain drugs or things or uh, you know, molecules that haven't necessarily been discovered yet. Uh, I don't want my body, well, I don't want to stress out my liver or my DNA. At that point, I didn't know about the DNA was the liver. So why not uh, essentially be able to come up with this molecule that mimics the effects of alcohol uh, and uh, try to promote it as an alcoholic beverage because it, like I said, mimics the same uh, effects. At that point, though, uh, I knew about the pharmaceutical industry because I grew up in a pharmaceutical industry my entire life. My parents are a pharmaceutical company. You couldn't have it as... Um, as a drug, it would have to be as easily accessible as alcohols for it to be successful, you, which means you be- basically go to either a liquor store or a supermarket and you should be able to buy this drink. Now, to develop a safety profile, get over the regulatory requirements, etc., so that people can go to any store and buy a molecule like that, which most probably might be a new molecular entity, 
uh, God, it would be billions of dollars. Yeah. So I kind of let it go at that hard. point. So you, just, you gave up on that and you came up with something because the three ingredients you're using are all grass ingredients. Grass for people who, who aren't in the industry generally recognized, recognized as, as safe, safe uh, right. which is an arbitrary designation from the FDA. Some grass ingredients are not safe and some are. But if you're magically on this list, you can sell it without spending like at least at least several million dollars on lab tests to show something that pharmacologically is obviously safe. Uh, things like water would be generally regarded as safe, although you never know, they might take it off the list as soon as someone wants to sell it as a drug. So, Well, it's interesting you would say that because a, a couple of years ago, the, the FDA working with the TTB came up with the list of something that could be GRAS. doesn't necessarily have to be GRAS in alcohol. And they did that with caffeine. I mean, I know why they did it, but... Sometimes I understand it doesn't make sense, but listen, uh, let's not talk about what's ethical, unethical, what's right, what's wrong. These are the rules we have in place, and that's the best guideline that we can work with, uh, better or for worse. Well, I mean, it's a guideline that if you don't work with it, you you got a business. So even if it prevents you from doing the thing that's best for the world, you still work within it because otherwise you'll do nothing for the world. And uh, at least in the U.S., that's how it is. And the scary thing is that it's different in Canada. It's different in Europe, and it's different in every country. And, and now that I have, you know, we actually, people don't know this, I, I roast Bulletproof coffee in, outside London, and we sell Brain Octane in the UK. It's called Upgraded Octane, because you can't have brain on a label in London. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I don't know why. I had to change the name of one of our, our major products, which, by the way, also affects alcohol in the liver. And and it's it's so interesting that that you're dealing with the same thing, but because alcohol is even more regulated Thanks to prohibition, you know, almost a hundred years ago, uh, there's all sorts of weird things like like when you cross a border, who really cares if you have more than one bottle of wine or not? But they ask you to this day, like, who, who does this weird crap? But so you're dealing with even worse regulations than than a food company here, and you somehow got around the the red tape. How did you do that? So. Uh... This is where the Tylenol story comes up uh, to some extent that we were talking about earlier. Um, well, what be, uh, and that also is a segue as to how I was able to use ingredients to come up with this concept uh, instead of just going ahead with, for lack of a better term, a synthahol that would you know that you see in Star Trek and whatnot. Right, um, right. <laughs> so I had this idea. I gave it up because, uh, to be honest, I didn't know how to move forward on that. Not to mention, I don't have a couple of billion dollars that I could just spend hoping this would work out. Yeah. Uh, my family's company actually uh, is one of the largest manufacturers of acetaminophen in the world. <laughs> no way. Yeah. <laughs> I think number two in the world. Okay. Now I'm truly, truly amused. <laughs> so you're basically like the, the liver death merchants. I got it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, no. Let me put it this way. The products we make are harmful for the liver to some extent. We're working on making it not harmful, protecting Look, the could, liver. Okay. I, I have to ask you this. Okay. Could you just... As an excipient, please include 500 milligrams of vitamin C and save tens of thousands of lives a year. Like, like it would be so easy. Okay. You and I are exactly on the same page here, and let me tell you why. Um, we, we know this, you know, they, uh, ta- uh, uh, sorry, uh, acetaminophen <laughs> does uh, uh, increase stress on the liver, and uh, as one of the man- largest manufacturers, you know, my passion was always true innovation, not really business. Yeah. Uh, I was never going to be great at uh, buying something for a dollar and selling it for two. 
innovation is what drove me. Sure, so what, it's more fun. <laughs> it is more fun and more rewarding. And also, the, there are many people who are just better than me at business, period. Um, what I did is, uh, when I was working uh, for my family's company, I actually set aside a team of scientists and we came up with a prototype of a liver-friendly acetaminophen. That would be so game-changing. So yes, that's what I had thought too. Uh, younger years, <laughs> naive. I can see where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> there are two large brand owners of the acetaminophen drug in the world. Mm-hmm. We won't name any of them specifically. We won't name anything. <laughs> uh, went to the both of them, showed them this technology, and uh, yeah, they looked into the science, everything, amazing, science works. Answer was no. Why? Not necessarily that the science doesn't work. Number one, if you have to introduce a product with this technology, you, number one, are accepting in front of the whole world, yes, what I sold earlier was toxic for you, potentially toxic for you. Secondly, it brings up a nightmare of litigation. Yeah, the, the mycotoxin-free coffee category uh, <laughs> has a similar characteristics, right? Like if, if you're a big coffee player, you don't want to talk about that in your coffee, even though in Europe it's regulated, in the U.S. it's not, so we don't want to talk about it here. Uh, right, uh, but the FDA just changed what they're doing with Tylenol. So I, I like, like they they increased the the risk warnings and all that stuff. So, uh, but here's the thing: if you just added vitamin C without saying a word about it, like just oh, we we thought it would it would lower our manufacturing costs by half a cent, so we decided to do this. You would you would actually save so many lives without ever taking credit for it. Just yeah, but uh, you need to understand. The, uh in the FDA regulations, the way it works is you just cannot take an over-the-counter drug and add something to it and sell it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. There's an innovator. You replicate the innovative brand as much as possible, period. It doesn't matter if you have even a better version of it, a smaller version, whatever it is. You replicate everything. You replicate the dissolution profile. You replicate the bioavailability profile, everything. So you don't innovate unless you're going to be a brand leader itself. And yeah. to be a brand leader in the pharmaceutical arena, let's not talk about what that even requires. Yeah, this is the downside of pharmaceutical and actually food regulation. Like some of the stuff that I'm trying to do with food is, is really hard to do because of regulations. Like you, you want to put functional ingredients in, in a beverage? You know what that's like. Uh, sorry, like, like it, it's not allowed to put ginkgo in, in, a, in a beverage because it's not generally regarded as safe in water. But you can take a capsule with a glass of water and that's generally regarded as safe. And you're like, wh who makes these rules? But like, that's what we live with, right? L listen, Dave. Um, so <laughs> let me put it this way. I really start, had an increased appreciation for the FDA after mm -hmm. I started dealing with the TTB. After you started what? Dealing with the TTB. So, the, so essentially, the FDA does not have oversight over alcohol in the United States. Ah, okay. There's oh, the actually FTB, French, oh, No, hold on. The, the, what it, is that? It's called, so it's called, the agency is called the TTB. Uh, sta stands for uh, you know, uh, Tobacco Taxation Alcohol Trade Bureau. They're a part ah, of, okay. They were a part of the ATF. Oh, nice. So, so they're the <laughs> ones who regulate alcohol. So they've got guns and boots. Got it. I think they were supposed to have guns and boots. I don't know if they still have them, but uh, 
You know, one thing I can tell you about them uh, is, uh, trust me, you wish you were under the FDA once you start dealing with these people. <laughs> FDA, despite, you know, for better or for worse, has certain scientific methodology to why they do things. The intent is, is originally good. I gave you that, right? It is, it, the intent is good, but there is at least, what I'm trying to say is there is at least some scientific basis. Yeah, yeah. It's not that, you know, everything is just arbitrary. You come to the TTB, this is an agency that's basically declared a war on science. <laughs> uh, I bet they love you after you said that. Oh, trust me, they're going to hate me. I mean, they, uh, we've been fighting with them for a year and a half, oh. uh, at least now, God. But uh, we will go into that too, but again... <laughs> I'm very good at veering people off topic. Uh, getting back to uh, what made uh, me and my team go after these ingredients for NTEX. Um, so during uh, this concept of uh, liver-friendly acetaminophen, I personally actually understood a little better about how uh, the liver metabolizes everything, including acetaminophen. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. fascinating. Exactly. And uh, it's the, at the end of the day, it's a depletion of certain enzymes that causes the toxicity. And alcohol, to some extent, it's the same thing. Glorathione, like you said, is one of the mm -hmm. examples. So given we were able to achieve something uh, with uh, acetaminophen, I actually put a team of scientists aside into my own company. And I said, let's come up with a proof of concept. I essentially, what we wanted to do was follow the same approach. We want to be able to come up with a liver-friendly alcohol, uh, that does not affect the buzz, which is the key at the end of the day, right? I mean, everybody knows why you drink alcohol. If someone says, yeah, uh, this is alcohol is better for you, but it does impact your buzz, you're not going to drink it. So we, en we ended up uh, researching. Uh, we had a proof of concept established in about a year and a half to two years. Once that went upon, I mean, it wasn't viable by any means. It wasn't stable. It tasted terrible. It had, I think, a red hue color, etc. But the proof of concept had been established. After that, uh, we looked at the rules in America because the U.S. was the place where we always wanted to launch this technology. Because this really, well, yeah, for me personal, this was really as much a home for me as India was. So I always wanted the launch to be, and not to mention I went to college here. So oh, there, you uh, <laughs> there you go. I wanted uh, the, the same bars to have uh, liver-friendly alcohol. <laughs> Um, did that, uh, and what we had realized that was the TTB, the agency that's in charge of alcohol, does not let you put anything into alcohol, just anything into alcohol. There were a list of about 60 ingredients that were allowed to be added into alcohol with, uh, you know, the limit set, etc. What we essentially did was we looked at those 60 ingredients. We took 30, about 25 to 30 ingredients out that we knew would absolutely not have any therapeutic value. The other 30 ingredients, we didn't know had therapeutic value attached to it. We actually knew that there weren't anything. There weren't any value. So what we did was, we literally took these 30, 35 ingredients that were left over, and this is where the lack of amazing sophistication comes in. We just trial and errored everything. <laughs> so six years onward, we kept on trial and erroring, trial and erroring, trial and erroring everything. Obviously, dozens and dozens and dozens of uh, studies, uh, both ex vivo and vivo. And yeah, around 2012, we came up with a combination of these three ingredients when mixed in a certain way, because even the strength matters there. 
uh, had uh, this amazing uh, protective effects of alcohol in the liver. Very cool. What does it taste like? <laughs> One thing I had learned from my father uh, watching him was you never ever want to change the consumer experience. Literally, if you ask a consumer who likes to sit down to stand up, the product's a failure as far as I'm concerned. So yeah. what we did was we did everything possible to make sure that the consumer cannot tell the difference. Okay, so, so it's if you very did, Yeah, so if you drink a vodka made with NTX, you really cannot tell the difference. Maybe there's okay. a slight sweetness, but you can't tell the difference at all. Okay, cool. It was and is it the same color? It's, everything is the same. It was made to essentially replace the existing alcohol industry. So with NTEX, basically what we've invented, or with this protective effect, what we invented is a category called functional spirits. And they're supposed to replace it without changing the consumer experience. And how did you get through the red tape to do that? You mentioned that you're dealing with, you've been fighting this for a while. Like, like, what, so, what this was is, the so this is what we did. By being able to uh, use the ingredients that were already pre-approved by the TTB, we essentially uh, had a formulation that was pre-approved before we even went there and asked for approval. Okay. So, so 2013, uh, you know, until 2012, a lot of them were animal trials. And uh, just because we found it very difficult, especially in Asia and uh, North Africa, where we thought we would get, you know, the permissions would be easier to do these studies on human beings. So, you know, with animal studies, uh, we were thinking about what to do. And, uh, we finally were able to get, uh, get a couple of CROs in the U.S. that were doing that were willing to do human studies, of course, after ethical clearance, etc. Uh, and once we had these results of human studies that were done in California, actually, we took these results uh, with approved formulas, approved uh, uh, colas. Basically, uh, to give you a brief background, the way the approval process works for an alcoholic beverage is you first get the formula approved in alcohol. Then you get something called a COLA, which is a certificate of uh, label approval. That means you t show the TTB what the label is going to look like, and then they approve it, and then you got a completely approved product. So, and, and be because it's a government and it's a beverage, they had to call it a COLA to avoid confusion. Got well, it? Of course, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> <laughs> we we went to them and uh, we asked for a meeting. We had an approved product and. Uh, Against the advice of my TTB consultants. Yeah, this is this amazing technology that's supposed to make human life better. For the first time in history, we, should, we had the ability to drink alcohol without impacting our liver as much. So we thought, you know, this agency would appreciate it. We went, uh, we had our doctors from California fly over. We had our doctors from India fly over. Uh, no lawyers, because we wanted this to be an open discussion. We went three-hour discussion. We said, look at this amazing technology. This is what it does. After the two-and-a-half-hour meeting or so, they said, thank you, for very com thank you very much for coming. Give us our permissions back. Why did that happen? So they didn't know what they were approving. As far as they knew, they were approving a flavored vodka. Because <laughs> the, first pro the first product uh, uh, was, uh, that you know, NTX was infused into was a vodka. It was approved. Everything was fine. Once they heard this, they freaked out. Obviously, when they re realized we asked for a meeting, they did some research on this product um, because I think they were surprised anybody even asked them for a meeting. But anyway, they did that. And then what they had uh, told us was, so you know that thing that's called NTX on the bottle? We were like, yes. They said, well, 
we are uh, that is going to cause a lot of confusion with the American consumer. So we want it back because we're all so dumb, right? Well, <laughs> it's very paternalistic, right? That's exactly yes. what it is. And when we said, "What are you talking about?" They said, "You know, there's a drug called naltrexone in the marketplace." And unofficially, there are some doctors who refer to it as NTX. And we don't want the everyday consumer to think that you're putting naltrexone in a vodka, which makes absolutely no sense. They call it LDN. Anyone who uses it effectively, come on. They, they should do that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so they did that. Uh, they used that as an excuse, and they basically bullied us until we gave the permissions back to them. Wow. Uh, this is an agency that, you know, said we want it back. We said, okay, we'll talk about it. Uh, we got kicked out of the meeting, basically. And they kept calling our uh, distillers and our lawyers until they surrendered it. Wow. Instead of just telling you to change the name. Oh, yeah. They wouldn't even have it because we all know the issue wasn't really the name at all. Did you it, ever think of calling it TTB just for fun? You know, later we actually did put one, one of those as a label. <laughs> <laughs> we did ZTX, we did TTV, we did the stupidest things possible. But, you know, it was crazy because we were completely shocked that this is technology that evolves an entire industry that they should be more than happy to because the reason we took it to them was to, first of all, show the results and say, listen, TTB, now that you know what this technology does, we want to actually work with you and word it carefully so it actually can communicate the benefits to the consumers, but does not encourage them to binge on it. But they won't have any of it. They just uh, took it off. They kicked us out. Um, basically, then we ended up having another meeting uh, with them. Uh, we had requested it. Uh, we said, listen, I want to make sure we're on the same page again. We didn't w want to make any health claims. We want to sell a product, yes. But we wanted to show you the science to show what this really does. 93% reduction of stress on the liver. Think about what this means. They looked at us and they said, yeah, we will never evaluate a health statement for the product. Forget what the science says. Yeah, we just yeah, never They just will. won't look at it, so you can't say it. So we Welcome will not, to free speech, right? Well, uh, you, you, you will see that uh, <laughs> in the next few weeks, we actually have a petition against them uh, on the basis of free speech because they actually are uh, censoring free speech uh, with absolutely no basis whatsoever. Well, even if they have a basis, like either there is free speech or there isn't. And one of the more shocking uh, statements that I've experienced at Bulletproof was uh, a regulator uh, said uh, flat out, you are not allowed to say something absolutely truthful supported by a dozen studies about one of my products. You're not allowed to say that. And I said, but it's abundantly truthful. It's, like, it, it's, it's very obvious. And they said, yes, but this is, you are no longer in the era of free speech. You are in the era of controlled speech. This is an exact oh. quote. And I'm like, like I, I didn't even know what to say because uh, where, where I'm from, <laughs> you, you actually say things as they are. And to this day, I, I mean, I have several people who work for Bulletproof and we're still a really small company and I, I put most of my effort into like making really good stuff and and then interviewing people like you and writing books and, and sharing knowledge but uh, th there are, are two and a half head count at Bulletproof uh, dedicated to making sure that we do everything right from a regulatory perspective and, and we do a good job on it because it, it's 
part of, of, of being a successful company in this space. But the cost of doing that is very meaningful. And it means that you know, when you buy something at the store, a meaningful percentage of every dollar that you spend on food went into this like speech bubble process. And everything you read on the label of every product that you read has gone through multiple levels of censorship uh, to the point that oftentimes you see meaningless statements on labels. Like, you know, supports a healthy something. What they actually wanted to say was, there are 4,000 research studies that says that this is good for you in this specific way, but we're afraid to say that because we might get put out of business arbitrarily. And like it's an untenable uh, circumstance. It increases food costs and alcohol costs dramatically for everyone, and it's totally invisible unless you're in the industry. It's it, it's pretty screwed up, actually. Well, uh, increasing costs. I mean, let's not even go there. At this point, things have gotten so ridiculous that just the legal costs of being able to keep this uh, uh, struggle going. I think we would have. A, at least spent 25 to 30 percent of our entire 10-year budget on just legal expenses. My God. And what was the development cost, if, you, if that's public? Like, have you spent millions and millions of dollars on this stuff? Tens and tens and tens of millions of dollars. You need to understand. Wow. Uh, so, so no, by the way, no startup on earth would have been able to do that. It's that you did this because you, you're working with the large pharmaceutical uh, assets behind you, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I was able to put them into Chikrapati Technologies, uh, essentially. But... Uh, what it came down to was, uh, you're right, no startup does it, and uh, it's actually stupid to do it now in hindsight. Because <laughs> if, when we originally started this in 2000, uh, late 2005, early 2006, we budgeted eh, like $5 million or something. We said, okay, we'll, we'll get done. And then, we, and then it's been, it's overworked more than that since then. It's ridiculous. Um, I would say there, ha- there was quite a bit of naivety that got us to this level, uh, really. But no, the thing is, the the reason it really ended up being as expensive as it is is because, you know this, I mean, human clinical trials, proper ones, with some, with just 10 subjects, for example, go, you know, goes north of like $2 million. And you're talking about 10 years of doing this, you're talking about with, you know, Dozens of human subjects, dozens of tests, it gets ridiculous. But because of my learning personally from the multinational pharmaceutical companies, I, I had learned that if something was going to be truly, truly disruptive, you're going to get shut down right away. <laughs> it seems to be the case. Th- that's what I had learned. So what yeah. we did was um, we had to make this process as bulletproof <laughs> <laughs> as possible, leave absolutely no chink in the armor at all. So we developed this in the same way any sophisticated pharmaceutical company would develop a drug. I mean, say what you will about the pharmaceutical industry, about uh, yeah. what uh, drives them to uh, you know uh, their actions. They do have the best uh, scientific protocols on the planet. When, when they follow them, we have like things like FenFen. We're like, oops, <laughs> right. That's why I said, forget the intentions, forget everything else. We are talking about the integrity Agreed. of the technology When, when they follow their own rules, it works. I, it, it, it is amazing. That. Listen, when they say they don't yeah. know something, they know it. <laughs> anyway, right. you know this, I know this. Um, so because of that, you know, at the early stage, first year and a half was, uh, you know, we basically did the pilot studies. Then we went into ex vivo, in vivo. Uh, we basically uh, did an, a bunch of animal trials, uh, phase one, phase two, phase three. Then we came out to humans, et cetera. And, uh, you know, 
if another company was doing this, you know, you know the cost of developing a drug. It's the billions of dollars. Yeah. And because we, did, we didn't do it, uh, you know, we didn't do it for a drug uh, with uh, unknown toxicities, but for natural ingredients, and we just wanted to prove the therapeutic value of this product, uh, I guess we can say we kind of got away a little lucky in terms of the budget aspect of things. But it was still pretty ridiculous. Uh, the, like I said, this technology was made to replace an entire industry. That's a $1.2 trillion industry. And you have well, to do... It, it's not even to replace it. You're still making alcohol. You're just adding this ingredient to, re, to make the, the industry more effective, to be honest. Yeah, I agree with you. But then a lot of people who don't have the technology will say, oh, will say, you know, it's replacing it. It's a completely brand new category and they'll try to kick us out accordingly. Oh, it, it, it's a new category, sure. But new categories are, are the nature of disruption. And, you know, the, the, the big guys, the, they're going to say you're lying. They're, they're going to fight with you. And eventually they'll say it was obvious and they've always done it. And... <laughs> <laughs> Who knows like, where this is going to go? If, so, if you've read history, like, like, yeah. that's what happens. So, so let me put it this way. You're right. It's not replacing an entire industry. It's an evolution of an industry. Just like, uh, you know, just like when cars came along, they were still in the transportation business, just like horse carriages, but they were an evolution. You're right. We're still in the alcohol business, but functional spirits is an evolution. And, yeah. you know, basically what it means is you should be able to drink without hurting your body. And we're in the initial stages, so it's not bulletproof yet, but we'll get there. I, uh, I, I love that you're doing that, and I, I really appreciate the story of how you ended up taking pharmaceutical techniques uh, and, frankly, pharmaceutical levels of funding to solve a problem that isn't that hard to solve uh, on paper biochemically, but to actually solve it legally and regulatorily to the point you can say what it does. Um, what's the status of this now? Like people listening to this are probably going, all right, how do I drink some of this? Like, in fact, I would say this audience, people listening right now, are probably some of the more enlightened alcohol consumers out there. Because, like, look, we acknowledge we want to perform well. We acknowledge that, yeah, we're going to have fun, but we don't want to pay the cost of having fun if we don't have to. Can you can you buy this now? I know you're working with Bellion Vodka. I, la, 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 oh. I'm not listening to you. I'm not listening to you. And let <laughs> okay. me tell you why. <laughs> right now, by the way, the TTB essentially went out and put a blanket ban on us talking about NTX, period. Okay. Forget if they constitutionally have the ability to or not. I'm able to talk to you as the founder of Shigrupati Technologies and NTX because, uh, you know, it's NTX, and I'm protected by free speech. And NTX is not commercially available in the United States. But if I ever mention a product that has NTX in it, I'm no longer uh -huh. protected by free speech and it becomes commercial speech, and that's how they get you. Oh, I understand. So, so we will not, at least you will not say will not any say words it. about anyone like Belly and Vodka who is selling NTX products. And I understand that you have no idea whether anyone even does sell it, right? Well, okay, we supply the product and the technology, so we know people sell it in the United States. I can what? Also no, no, they can't possibly. Google does not exist. The people who Google NTX and alcohol, I, I, don't, I have no idea what they'll find. I, I'm, I'm totally with you, Ashra. Wait, wait, Google? What's that? Google? It's funny. Likewise, you should never Google what, uh, what the ingredients in Brain Octane do when you drink them with alcohol. Like, you, just, you just don't want to do that. It's, it's, it's crazy, the whole, uh, you know, the, the whole bureaucracy of it is just ridiculous. Um, yes, uh, products made with NTX are available in the United States. Uh, I believe the company would be rolling it out all over the nation this year, but I think they're available right now in about five states, 
Massachusetts being one of them. And I'm only definitely sure of Massachusetts because uh, one of my goals was to, I touched up on this better uh, before, sorry, was to get the vodka made with NTX into the same liquor stores that I used to buy my alcohol from in Boston when I was in college. <laughs> So there's this place called Blanchard's that every kid who goes to Boston University buys their alcohol at. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, one of my first goals was to go and I saw it there. That was a good day. Oh, that's awesome. Because when I was in college, that's what I wanted. Now, when people drink this, do they get a hangover the next day? This technology, okay, the concept of functional spirits, yes, is developed to take away all the negative aspects, aspects of uh, drinking alcohol, which should be hangover. But... Mm -hmm. NTX, this current version of NTX, we focus completely on the liver. And of course, because uh, it works on a microcellular level, the DNA. Uh, what we wanted to focus on was number one, making sure all that was protected, that, people, that people's bodies were protected before we came up with anything that had to do with hangover, because then you didn't want to be in a position, and it's also unethical, that people were drinking more because they wouldn't get a hangover, but, uh, you know, hurting their bodies. It is something we are working on. Uh, I'm happy to say we have the product. We're finishing some clinical trials on it. It'll be out in a couple of years. I can tell you, for the last 15 years, I've seen companies over and over come and, and go, and they call themselves harm reduction, and pills you can take for, for after partying and, and pills you can take for after taking ecstasy and pills for after like all sorts of drugs and alcohol. And none of the companies ever, ever go very far because people generally don't like to acknowledge the fact that they are harming themselves when they do something to have fun. And I, I'm working to break that thing that says, look, most things you do probably aren't that good for you. If you just have a spectrum and you know what you're doing, and you know how good it is for you, how pleasurable it is, and how harmful it is, and the mechanism of harm, then you can choose. Like, you can dial in where you're going to be. And I think that we're finally making headway there, where, where there is a market for people say, yeah, I'm, I'm going to drink. I want to feel good. I, I don't want to feel bad. And instead of being like, I'm tough enough to take the hit, it, it's like, actually, I'm enlightened enough that I just don't want to take the hit. I'm sure I could take it, but why would I? Right? And, and it's that, that mindset change is, is what enables this kind of disruption in the market. You asked me earlier about why uh, we didn't just make it in a pill. I told you, uh, you know, the technological reasons why we didn't do it. The other aspect also has to do with uh, consumers, uh, you know, consumer experience. If you tell a consumer, again, one of our goals at Shigeru Party Technologies is, like I said, to evolve mankind. That means that the product should be available for mainstream use for everybody and it should not change their uh, habits. So if you tell a consumer, yeah, you try to, uh, first of all, explain to him uh, the kind of uh, harm alcohol can cause on the liver. And then you say, here, take this pill before doing it. He's not gonna do it. Which is why we put it in the alcohol itself. So whether he wants to or not, when he drinks the alcohol, he's already being protected. I hear what you're saying there. Well, this is a fascinating story, and uh, I know that people who are, are, are listening can easily and, and quickly uh, Google NTX and alcohol and figure out exactly what, where they can go out and, and get this stuff. In fact, I might even be able to, because, hey, I'm not, uh, I have no business relationship with you whatsoever, so I'm allowed to say whatever the hell I want. So I'll, I'll put some links in the show notes uh, to where people can, can find this kind of stuff, which is, which is really cool. I'm still going to say drinking isn't a health benefit. <laughs> it just isn't. Uh, However, if you were going to drink, 
Uh, having some of this stuff in there sounds like a good idea. Having any of the compounds that protect you from these things, including a little bit of vitamin C and all the other stuff that are on the Bulletproof uh, alcohol roadmap, and I'll, I'll put a link to that in the show notes too, any of that stuff is going to help. So sure, if, if you're going to party, just like like reduce what it does to your body, have a good time, and, and there's such a good argument for that. So. The, the key there being if you don't drink alcohol, don't drink. That's just stupid. But if you're drinking alcohol, yes, you should do it. You know, you should drink functional spirits, basically. Yeah, there, there's no reason to start. Uh, although, actually, there is a reason. If you really, it, it, it's one of those things. It's like having a really good cheesecake. Look, there's bad stuff in cheesecake, but there's a pleasurable thing. There's value in pleasure, and, and it, it's not like a guilty value either. So if you have an occasional small amount of alcohol uh, because you like it or because you learned to like it or because you want to try it, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, If you're doing it, a glass of red wine every night because you think it's going to make you live longer, like you're doing it wrong. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And the the thing is, yeah, okay, so it's fine to drink a little alcohol every so often. It's completely fine. We enjoy it and, uh, you know, it's a social lubricant. Um, But... There are many ways to derive pleasure, and alcohol is not the only way, which is why I wouldn't say, oh, you want to derive pleasure in this fa- fashion? Go drink alcohol. No. If it's what you already do and you like it, yeah, don't change your lifestyle. Just do this in a safer way. So, so you're advocating porn. Is that what I heard? <laughs> is, that, is, is that how you heard it, Dave? <laughs> there you go. Turn it right back on me. <laughs> totally kidding. You're right. There are many ways to derive pleasure, uh, and, and many of them are, are not all wholesome. We'll put it that way. Yeah, uh, but it, it, it it's kind of funny. But and but, but you I, know, I I appreciate what you're doing with this, and I <laughs> I support you in your uh, in your fight to be able to state what your technology we, does. We, <laughs> we, we're calling it our fight to evolve, because uh, uh, evolving an industry and being able to control our environment, not having to be a servant to what people call nature, is a part of evolution, technological evolution. And, uh, you know, the TTB has been trying to block it, and we're going to fight. And, uh, you know, we are going to win at the end of the day. Um, you know, you said something earlier about us not being able to talk about the brand that has it, etc. And, you know, it, it's just sad and really unethical that we have a technology that protects uh, and we can't talk about it. I get it. There are people out there who make novel claims that are complete BS, and your agencies have to be there to protect uh, consumers from it. I get that. But when you develop a product in all the right ways, in the most pessimistic manner possible, knowing that pessimistic meaning people are trying to go to come after you, so you have to make sure it's completely bulletproof, uh, and they block you from completely saying it, it's just terrible. And, uh, you know, that's the reason we haven't relented yet, because we've actually earned the right to be able to educate consumers on the harms of alcohol and why this is the better way to do it. Uh, and because of that, we actually are, uh, you know, we're, the, we're, we're first of its kind in the world, I get that. We actually are filing the world's first health petition for an alcohol beverage, which has never been even heard of, in America uh, next week. Well, I'll, I'll post a link to that on Facebook and see if we can get some attention for you guys. That would be great. We're, we're out of time on the show, but I want to ask you uh, the question I've asked every guest on the show, except episode 70-something where I forgot one time. Okay. Uh, not enough coffee that day, obviously. <laughs> if someone came to you tomorrow, Harsha, and, and they said, look, I want to perform better at every single thing I do in life. What are the three most important things I need to know? What would you tell me? Oh, my God. I, I, I wouldn't even know how to answer that. 
Oof. I mean, the most important thing, obviously, is to understand how everything in the body works. First of all, get what the base level is, how the, how the pharmacokinetics of something actually is. Once you understand that, you can start improving upon it. So first, understand the baseline and then understand uh, what the markers are to even get started on the process of improving them. Whatever it may be, I, I always always go back to biology, the body, and that's what I'm talking about, but anything really. If you want to improve upon something, first uh, decide what the base level is that you're at, what are the different markers you have to measure to know if you're doing better or worse, and then uh, get a strategy in place and go ahead and achieve it. All right, that was one. Oh, okay, great, thank you. <laughs> I'm going to stick to one. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. It's, it's just a very, very open answer. Uh, all, all I can say is uh, one thing that's definitely worked for me is uh, complete unwavering focus. And I like to uh, compare it to a horse with blinders. Know what your goal is and keep uh, going towards it. Opportunities are always coming along. Ignore them. Because if you keep jumping to opportunities, you never get your goal into place. And also, if you're looking at opportunities, uh, you are letting... Again, nature or the macro environment uh, kind of uh, tell you what to do. Uh, whereas if you already have a goal and you're going to go after that, no matter what, you're creating your own opportunity. Beautiful. That was two. <laughs> I'm enjoying the, this. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Be naive and stupid. Be very <laughs> naive into one. thinking that you can actually achieve something real in this world. I mean, as, as, the, as, the paths, as you go down the path, you'll realize how much more difficult it is. But the fact that you're started and you're already into it just makes it harder for you to retreat. Got it. So a little bit of strategic uh, naivete is a good thing. I, I, I've, I've definitely answered this question in the most uh, unelegant, non-direct way possible. <laughs> No, but, I think you did really well. First, you did the MBA answer, which is you know uh, de define a, define something, you know me measure your goals, and then you said, so so that that was the the smart kind of thing. And then you like you got to have focus. All right, so that, that's a good answer there. And the third one is an answer I haven't heard before, but it's a good one. Right? You know, just just be be a, a little bit naive uh, and arrogant. I mean, you, you said stupid and naive, but but you you meant almost like like just willing to do something that's. Uh, uh, some, something big, something that no one thinks is possible, which, which actually isn't stupid. It, it's courageous in, in the way I see it. I, I like to, so the tomato, tomato, uh, potato, potato, you call it, uh, uh, you know, I call it arrogance, you call it confidence, but it all ends up being the same thing at the end of the day. It's just a label. One, one of my favorite guys on the planet is Peter Diamandis. I'm, I'm fortunate to, to be friends with him and to get an occasional time to just, just hang out and, and talk. And you know, this is the guy who's like, yeah, private space travel, we should do that. Yeah, mining asteroids, we should do that. And like, dude, that's so cool, right? It, it, same thing. Like, people thought it was nuts for ten years, and you know, now he's he's doing it. So that's that amazing. sort of thing. It, it is required to do the big disruptions. And so, kudos for the for your answer. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much for that. For listeners who want to learn more about what you're doing, is there anywhere besides Google, uh, Google for <laughs> NTX that they should go? Um, all I can say is uh, follow very, very closely the health uh, petition that's going to be filed in D.C. on April 13th. 
because the petition is uh, we intend to completely put it all on the table uh, where we talk about exactly how NTX works on the body, the benefits of it, uh, etc. I'm told that uh, the petition we're filing is going to be one feet thick and it's going to be a press conference. Everyone's going to be there if you follow it. I believe you would have access to enough science out there. Well, be sure to send me a link to that when the petition goes out and I'll, I'll put it up on social media because I think Bulletproof radio listeners and people who follow us on Facebook and Instagram and everywhere else, uh, they'll be genuinely interested in this sort of thing and the ability uh, for any company or any, any person to talk about science in the context of what they do for a living. I think it's meaningful and I, I wish you luck in, your, uh, in your, your work there. It's really cool. Thanks a lot, Dave. Always good to hear someone who... Uh is the protagonist of technological evolution. And hey, at the end of the day, evolution always wins. So, you know, it's a, it's a hurdle we'll get over. It does indeed. Thanks, Arsha. Have yeah. a beautiful day. Thank you so much. You too. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed today's episode, you know what to do. Head on over to bulletproof.com and resubscribe for your Bulletproof coffee packet or go on over to iTunes and say, hey, I enjoyed this show a lot and send it to a friend or give us a good rating. Just do something to to give back. I totally appreciate that. And while you're at it, if you're going to drink, head on over uh, to Google and (laughs) look around and see where you can find alcohol that contains NTX, which is uh, this new ingredient that could make the alcohol a better choice than plain alcohol. We'll also include links to all this stuff in the transcripts here. And I'd also encourage you to look at the Bulletproof Alcohol Roadmap. It's entirely free. You can download it, and it talks about alcohols that are lower in toxins and higher in toxins and things you can do to mitigate the effects. And I think I'll have to upgrade that stuff to talk about NTX. Have an awesome day. Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.